The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began listening to a message by Elder John Morgan Owens entitled, No Other Savior. This message is taken from Isaiah 43, and it shows us just how merciful God is to his people even when they are in the midst of sin. As Brother John Morgan takes us through this chapter, we see the great mercy of God, and we ultimately come to the understanding that there is no other Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Join us today for the conclusion of this message, No Other Savior. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Continuing in verse 5, he says, For I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up. And to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Now what is this? I believe this is the kingdom of God that you're experiencing. Okay, Where God has gathered his people from all nations. It's not just Israel. That, that you, that, that me as a Gentile, we are a part of this kingdom. And we get to come here. And we get to see what is the truth. <laughs> Let him hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Now, I can't fathom. I can't fathom how God has always existed. That... I really, I'm not, I can't really think that way. <laughs> I can't really fathom eternity in the future either. But I can, I can get that just a little bit better than I can eternity in the past. <laughs> but here, but nobody made God, okay? God, God is God. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Okay, so here is really the crux of this passage. It says, don't be afraid, for he has redeemed us. Right. He, not me. Right. And that he alone is Savior. Amen. Beside him, there is no Savior. So the, the image that I immediately get in my mind is of, of Jesus there, and there is nobody around. Right? There is nobody beside him. On, on the, the podium, when the medals are being given, you know, you, you've seen the Olympics. There's the, there's the platform for the, the gold medal winner. It's, just, it's raised up, and then you got the silver medal, and it's, it's uh, slightly lower, and then the bronze, that's slightly lower than that. Well, this is a platform where only Jesus is standing being crowned, okay? Right. He, there is no Savior beside him. There, there is no competition. I think about that image of, of uh, the revelator there looking at that book and the seals of the book. And he is despairing because there's nobody found in heaven or earth that can open the seals. That can, that can start this process of the, the redemption of God's people and the end of all of this. Only one. Jesus Christ, the line of the tribe of Judah. That man... That God, who instead of appearing as a lion up there, appeared as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. There is no Savior beside Him. And that alone, that, that truth alone, has been a great comfort to me. Okay, Now, I think that we should never be in a position, I've heard in time past, that, 
that skinning Armenians or whatever the case may be may have been a, a uh, appropriate practice. Um, I do not think that's the case. Um, from from coming up uh, in a in a Calvinist uh, background and having many Armenian friends as I still do, I can relate to what it feels like. Sure, we, we may have said that it's by grace alone, but there was still this element that I had to accept that, and to hear the gospel and to accept it. And there was still this element of, of the perseverance of my works. And, and if, I, if I somehow didn't persevere in works, and not necessarily that I would lose my salvation, but that it was an evidence that I never was saved to begin with. And so all of these conditions and these things placed upon my, my neck that burdened me, caused me much grief in the night seasons of my life when I was confronted by my sins and I came to pray before my God. But you know, I, I didn't know if I had a welcome home before that God. You think about this. You think about if there, if there are all of these contingencies and all of these exceptions that, that maybe you may not be one of his children. <laughs> Maybe you've seen fruit in your life, but you can't take comfort yet <laughs> because it may not have been a true turning to him and you may fall away. Think about that. <laughs> and, you, and you are a sinner like you are, okay? And you, and you come before God in repentance. You're asking him for forgiveness of this, uh, this sin that easily besets you, this sin that you've come to many times. And you come to him, it is, it is a fearful thing. Amen. Okay? It is a different God that you pray to under those beliefs. And I, I don't say that uh, to be overly dramatic. Okay? I've experienced it myself because I have not had peace like I've had when I finally let go, when I finally let the Bible tell me what it says wow. <laughs> instead of trying to bring. Uh, my presupposed notions to the table to try to make it say what I want it to say or make it say what somebody else has told me it's supposed to say. When I just let the gospel be what the gospel is, Amen. the good news, I have never had such peace. Amen. When I realize that there is no Savior beside Him, there's not, it's not a, a, a platform for Him and a platform for me right. and a platform for the preacher that first preached the gospel to me. Right. It's not that way. But I'm so glad that fact alone brings me comfort because I know myself. I, you can't rely on me. I, I can guarantee you this. If you rely on me, I will let you down. Okay? I, I pray that I don't. I pray that, I can, that you can count on me, that you can lean on me in whatever way that I can help you, but I will let you down. But I know somebody who will never let you down. A Savior, that beside Him there is no Savior. A God who, doesn't, who didn't just love you and call you His, but who would lay aside the robes of glory, lay aside His crown and would take on flesh, would take on a body that is subject to hunger, a body that is subject to tiredness, and that He would... He would go through a suffering, a bleeding, a suffocation, 
And, and way beyond that, that he would take the eternal wrath of God for your sins and for my sins. That is the God who loves you. That is the God who not only are you praying to, but is the God that is praying for you in intercession. Now you think that you've got a friend. You think you've got a friend in high places. You think that you've got an advocate. You've got somebody who has gone through death for you. Okay? Now he's come back out of death. But he went through death for you. Do you think that now that you come to him in sin again, that he's going to cast you out now that he's paid for all of your sins? No. It says, I have declared and have saved. I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, real quickly, verse 18, For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. <laughs> now, so, so much beauty in here. You realize that it is, by, it is by no other means other than the blood of Christ that you're redeemed. Okay, It's not the blood of Christ plus anything else. And we know that. We, we beat that dead horse. But it, it's, it's good to remember. Okay, It is good to remember because it brings me comfort when I come again with my hat in my hand, broken over my sins uh, before my God. And I remember again that it was by His blood, not His blood plus my works. Now, I think about, I think about, uh, I, you know, I was a history major. I think about the time that we call the Dark Ages. I believe one of the reasons it was so dark is because the, the Word of God was not being preached as it should be. Now, it was being preached, and, and we, we see uh, his, um, historical tellings of, of priests and these people under this uh, Catholic Church, if you will, that were that were sort of um, having a grip over the preaching of the gospel and, um, and abusing the congregants and the sheep because they were the only ones that had the understanding and the ability to read the word. And they would go out and they would preach to places and they would, they would try to get these people to baptize their infants and all these things, all these practices. <laughs> and these people had already heard the gospel from somebody else. And they said, we're not going to baptize our infants. Are you crazy? <laughs> That's not what the Bible teaches. And so there were, there were uh, wars and, and things going on that were terrible things to say uh, because, of, because of some of those persecutions. So I believe that the, that the church of God and the truth of God was being preached and preserved, but it wasn't in the way that so many people think it was. So many th people think that it was through the, the uh, Holy Roman Church, the Catholic Church, that the, that the truth was preserved, and that is not the case because the truth was abandoned. And so, you know, some of that time during those dark ages when, when the congregants weren't reading the scripture and only the priest was, and, and uh, they saw a great profit in, in uh, convincing people that if you paid money 
If you paid the, the, the church money or the priest's money, maybe you could, you could buy some redemption. You could buy some forgiveness. Man, if only they could read. <laughs> if only somebody would come along and said what Peter said some hundred years, 200, 300, 400 years before that. He said, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. You weren't redeemed by those things. You were redeemed by Jesus Christ, his shed blood. And what I love is that you didn't have to, you didn't have to go and, and uh, you know, apply for that blood to be shed for you. You didn't have to ask for that. Lazarus didn't have to apply for uh, and put his name on the waiting list for, uh, you know, resurrection. Jesus came to him and resurrected him. That's how he works. And he says here in verse uh, 13, back in Isaiah 43, Yea, before the day was, I am he. Another, another one of those uh, statements of God that, that defies uh, space-time continuum, as they say, right? That he says, before the day was, I am he. I'm there. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? So on the same, on the same uh, sense that you've got no Savior beside him, and he is God, and he's a Redeemer, and he's powerful, he also says this. He says, uh, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. Right. right? So we often think about God being the deliverer. <laughs> but think about this. Think about somebody coming to God trying to snatch you out of his hand. Right? You cannot, uh, you cannot take anything away from God. Okay? Right. <laughs> he says, uh, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. Amen. So not only do we have the assurance and the beauty of, of him being the only redeemer. But you also have the assurance and the, and the hope of, of eternal security. You don't have to worry about that being something that, that's, that's on or off or on or off. It is always constant. If you are his child, you will be there with him in glory. He says, I will work and who shall let it? Who shall uh, reverse it? Who shall undo it? When he does something, who's going to undo it? Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the, and the Chaldeans whose cries in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Now, this greatly convicts me. He is, he is my God. He is my Redeemer. But unfortunately, He's not always my King, okay? Unfortunately, sometimes I bow the knee to other kings and, and do obeisance to other, to other kings, okay? I pray that we might remember the one, the King that's gone through so much for us, who's redeemed us, who's broken Himself for us, unlike any other king, unlike any other God. We should be every day, uh, we don't believe that you have to accept him to be saved from, from your uh, eternal damnation. But, but child of God, believe me, when you accept him as your king every day, your day goes better. Okay, That's what the word of God says, that's what my experience says also. 
Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters. You know, again, as Israel came upon the Red Sea, God is the, is the way maker. He's, he's the person who will make a way in the midst of the sea even. Which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider, consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now there may come times, I, I think I'll close here. There may come times in your spiritual walk with the Lord. There will come times in your spiritual walk with the Lord where it feels as if you were in a desert. I, I know of what I speak, okay? I have experienced this multiple times. And you're thirsty for Him. Sometimes, now this is, this is the scariest desert of all, okay? It's maybe you've been thirsty in that desert for so long that you, you, forget, you forget why you're there. <laughs> maybe you even stop thirsting after Him. Now that's scary. You can do that to yourself. You, you, you distance yourself from the Lord enough, and it doesn't take active walking away from Him. You could just sit still long enough, and you will, you will slowly fade, okay? But, I, but, but trust me this, okay? You begin to seek Him again, and those thirsts will be restored. You begin to seek Him again. And sometimes, not that I'm not saying that, that He creates these deserts in your life, but let me tell you, I, I do believe that, that the Lord can take something, something that, is, uh, that is caused by sin, caused by, the, by Satan even, some terrible thing. And the Lord, because He is good, and because He, he is a, a God that can lead you and provide in a providential way, I believe that He can strengthen you in the midst of your weakness. Okay? And, and so in your deserts, or sometimes I, I, I feel in my life where I have seen the compassion of God in a way that I've never experienced before. Because rivers, rivers flowing, sometimes it's, not some, it's something we may take for granted. But when you see rivers blossom in the midst of your desert, that's when you know who God is. That's when you know that, that God, He is the only God and there is no Redeemer beside Him. And so, whether it's your personal walk with the Lord and you're in a desert, um, maybe you're not in one now, praise the Lord, but, but I'm afraid you're going to be in one before long. Right. Remember that He is the one who makes a way in the wilderness. Amen. He's the one that sustained a whole nation in the midst of a wilderness for a whole generation, for 40 years. And He is the God that will make rivers to flow in the desert. And we may come upon a time, even as a church body, as believers together, where we, we find ourselves in a desert. I, I pray we don't. But the same thing applies. Okay, we find ourselves in a desert. We find ourselves thirsty for Him. We commit our works to Him. We remember that He is the God. That, that as the rock that followed them in the wilderness and was broken, that He might water the people... He'll water us. 
Now, you also remember that, that Moses was supposed to go the second time to the rock and speak to the rock. <laughs> and the rock was going to give itself up. It was going to give the waters out freely. But he smote the rock in his anger. You know, as, as children of God, as blood-bought children of God in his church, he's already broken himself for us. All we've got to do now for refreshment in our church and your lives is ask for it. Is come to him to that rock and ask for it. And, and thinking of that image of Christ on the cross as, as your Savior, he cried out, I thirst. And there was no refreshment for him. But he gives you refreshment. He gives of you waters that will never run dry, that you'll drink of it and you'll be satisfied. But yet for you, he would experience thirst that can never be quenched. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.